0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I always like to talk to the person who takes on the most thankless job in America, which is to be the chairman of the GOP in California. Hello, Jessica uh, Patterson. Welcome to the Hugh Hewitt Show.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Hugh. It's such a pleasure to be on with you.
0: Why in the world would you want to do this? I asked Jim Brulte that. I've asked every California GOP chair that.
1: Well, you know, when we came out of November of 2018, which was an incredible, incredibly dark time for, for California Republicans, I saw an opportunity. I saw an opportunity for change. I saw a state that was at a turning point. And if we really wanted to bring California back to that golden state, Um, We needed new leadership of the Republican Party. We needed a new vision. We needed a new direction. And I believe that I could bring that to our party.
0: Now, Jessica, people don't know what the breakdown is by party ID, where independents are at least as numerous as Republicans. What is the breakdown now in terms of total party registration in California?
1: Yeah, and California Republicans have declined in market share for the better part of a decade. Since uh, February of 2009 to February of 2019, we actually moved to third-party status. In the last year, we have made a specific focus on voter registration here. We've registered over 300,000 new Republicans to the party. And uh, just last week, we got a new report from the Secretary of State Uh, from the Secretary of State's office, and we are actually only 0.05 percent. So we have been clawing our way back. And let me tell you, the message that we're bringing to California Republicans about what the failures of California Democrats have been, why there's been a mass exodus of nearly a million people leaving our state, why our state is so unaffordable, why we have rolling blackouts when we are um, one of the most um, innovative in the entire union, and we have been focused on bringing that message throughout the state and what California Republican solutions are. People are listening, and they're ready for change here in California.
0: But to go back to the question, what is the breakdown? How, what percent are Republicans? What percent are independents? What percent are so Democrats? We're
1: at about 24 percent, 24 and a half percent, and we've got uh, Democrats, excuse me, declining states at 25 percent, and the uh, the Democrats are in the 30s. In the thirty.
0: Okay, so now with those kind of numbers, there's nowhere to go but up. Can we get any of the congressional seats back? I warned, I warned every Republican I could when that they eliminated the state and local income tax deduction and the uh, and limited the uh, uh, property tax deduction that uh, the mortgage interest deduction. They were killing themselves in California, and sure enough, they lost a bunch of Orange County seats. Are you going to win any of those seats back in the House?
1: Absolutely. And in fact, we I talk often the road to taking back the House started here in California. We did something for the first time that hadn't been done in 22 years. Hugh, um, we won a Democrat congressional seat and flipped it red in a special election this past May. Um, we had a fantastic candidate in uh, former naval fighter pilot, Mike Garcia. He now happens to be my congressman, and I'm incredibly proud of that. Um, But we have a couple more opportunities for pickup this year. Um, In the Central Valley, we have um, former Congressman David Valadeo, who's back. He's running against who I refer to as the gift that keeps on giving in Congressman T.J. Cox, um, who has, you know, done everything from avoided paying his taxes to using his status as a congressman to get, um, you know, into uh, the Yosemite parks. Um, we have fantastic candidates in Orange County, a couple um, that are leading the pack. Former Assemblywoman Young Kim, um, she is doing a fantastic job raising money. I just did a an, an, uh, Zoom with all of her interns. She has over 120 interns that are working on her campaign every single day. And then we've got uh, current Orange County Supervisor, Michelle Park-Steele, and um, she currently represents about two-thirds of that district. Um, we're leading with fantastic candidates. And then at the party level, we have built a fantastic infrastructure so we can get out there and motivate voters. What does that mean? We saw in our turnout uh, for the primary in March, a five point increase in our turnout over 2016's primary. Um, we knew Democrats were going to be fired up. They moved up their primary to make it exciting for Californian Democrats. Um, We held our ground, and on top of that, have the five-point boost. We got all of our great candidates across the finish line. They'll be there in November, and we're working hard to make sure that we get them across the finish line. Californians are fed up. They're not staying at home. They're making sure that their voice is heard. Um, You know, Gavin Newsom and this failed uh, great uh, progressive experiment in California, um, we've seen that it failed. Um, 2020 California is not what the rest of the country wants to be. It's not what Californians want to be, and we're ready for change here.
0: Yeah, Jessica, I'm one of the expats, right? I left. Uh, I left because the taxes were terrible, and the city services and and, uh, services across the state were declining. And I anticipated, I believe correctly, that there would be no choice but to uh, raise taxes again. I believe Governor Newsom has proposed that. They have super majorities in the legislature. How high are taxes going to go in California and what's the breaking point?
1: Yeah, and really, California Democrats know no bounds. Their entire strategy is to distract from what's happening up in Sacramento, not take accountability. And when it comes to paying the bills here in California, it's taxing the rich and asking for D.C. to D.C. for money. And so um, we had to come to the table and say, we have other ideas. We want to take, you know, when it comes to transportation, we don't need another gas tax. We want to take the dollars that we've already collected for transportation. And I know it sounds like a crazy idea, but actually use them to fix our roads.
0: And, I got. Um, I got. Uh, before we run out of time, I got to ask you about harvesting. Kevin McCarthy told me the Democrats made harvesting legal, and it is legal. Ballot harvesting is legal in California, and they exploited it ruthlessly. Does the party have now an ability to match the Democrats when it comes to ballot harvesting?
1: Yes, and we put it into action over. In our March primary, we've recruited over 37,000 volunteers. We've had thousands of trainings, particularly in the stay-at-home order. Um, We saw in our March 3rd primary we made a difference in places like Los Angeles and Orange County, where they had all mail ballots in that March primary. Um, We turned out every single voter. We've already picked up an assembly seat in Los Angeles and Ventura County because we had turned out the vote so much. We sent two Republicans to a currently held. Democrat seat um, for November. Would you explain to people
0: how ballot harvesting works, Jessica Patterson? Because if you're the chairman of the Republican Party in California, people need to know what we're talking about nationally. I don't want it to spread, but where it's legal, I want them to know what it is.
1: No, absolutely. And what California Democrats have done is they've turned what would be considered fraud any other place in the country into legal, normalized behavior. In fact, we had to have a special re-election in North Carolina because of chain of custody issues. In most states, you have to mail back in your ballot if someone else takes it in for you. In California, you used to have to have a family member sign it. You'd have to sign it. Now, any old Joe can come by your house, pick up your ballot, and turn in or not turn in your ballot. Um, And that's what ballot harvesting is. And so we have recruited and trained over 37,000 volunteers that are serving as our neighborhood team leaders. They've developed relationships with their neighborhood, um, with our community members. And have built that level of trust where they feel comfortable to collect those ballots um, come election time, and we're excited to come up against the, the Democrats and beat them at their own game.
0: You know, I'm I'm running with Job Creators Network ten for twenty dot com, the number ten f o r twenty dot com to get everyone who listened to me to register to get ten people they know to the polls on. November. I think the silent majority has to speak up. Do you think that silent majority exists in California? Will they go to the polls in November and get some of those congressional seats back?
1: Yes. And even better than that, Hugh, I think that they are ready to stop being silent, whether it's job killing bills like AB5 that take away your choice and your flexibility, um, or if it's the high taxes and affordability issues that we we feel here in California People are so sick and tired of what California Democrats have done to our beautiful state that they're not going to be silent anymore. They're ready to talk about it. They're ready to talk to their neighbors. They're ready to bring people with them to turn out to vote.
0: Jessica Patterson, thank you so much. Chairwoman of the California GOP. Follow her on Twitter at Milan Patterson, M-A-L-L-A-N, Patterson. Milan Patterson, California GOP chair. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review.
1: The respected research firm, The Morning Consult, just released new findings about how Americans want the business community to respond to our current crisis. At the top of the list, they want businesses to set up a fund to help small businesses recover from looting, with a net positive approval of almost 50%. Towards the bottom of the list, we see things like supporting protesters on social media. There's no real consensus on statements of support, whether for protesters or for the police. The bottom line is that people want companies to actually help, not to pose. And the group they want helped are the victims of the looting and rioting. Facile expressions of woke solidarity are not taken seriously by customers. The people see past it. Businesses should shift towards more even-handed and constructive responses, or they risk losing the respect of their customers.
0: publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu